0: You're listening to the Detroit is Different podcast network. Tune in weekly to the Josh
1: Adams podcast with comedian Josh Adams for all his takes on what happened this week featuring guests in comedy, music, entertainment, and more. Subscribe, like, and share on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher to the Josh Adams podcast to hear the jokes and thoughts of Josh Adams. You're listening to the Detroit is Different podcast on the Detroit is Different podcast network.
0: Back in the Detroit is Different podcast studios, and I have two special guests uh, coming to the network. These are creatives. One uses different forms. I'm going to say a paintbrush, also a camera, also a what would we say? Jewelry as well, and poetry, and poetry, and God knows what other mediums she's going to get into as she grows older. And she brought one of her friends that I'm just now meeting to anchor a podcast in creativity and artistry. And this one uses photography, graphic design, a lot of the Adobe suite, and so much more and more. Asia and Erin from the Unicorns Are Real podcast that will be coming up. How are you all today?
2: Doing well. Trying to recover from yesterday.
1: <laughs> I'm well. Yes.
0: Okay. Both from an art (laughs) showing yesterday, both uh, in the creative space, hanging around creative people and being young and full of life and zeal, enthusiasm, (laughs) enjoyment, and so much more. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the creative story uh, of both of you all. But before we get to that, how did you guys meet? Well,
2: when I went to Lawrence Technological University, I was friends with her best friend, Marissa, Marissa, and from Marissa, she invited me to hang out with her friends. And then I met Aaron. Mm-hmm. And from then, what was that, like 2013, 2014? Yeah. Yep. So, and, you know, we would talk here and there and then some time would go by and we'd talk here and there. But then, lately, we've been hanging out a lot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> because I've been doing a lot more <laughs>
1: around Detroit. <laughs> yeah.
2: As I'm, I'm more of the... the now I wouldn't say party hopper, but, you know, function goer.
0: So, function goer. Yeah. You're turning up. You that age to turn up?
2: <laughs> you that
0: no, age
3: to turn no, up? No, I
2: already did that. You know, less... less turn it down now? Turn it down. Like, I'm at I'm at the, the functions, but not... Not that person that's all, that, you know, that's turned up. You're completely. not like, hey,
0: where the shots at?
2: Yeah, I'm not completely that person anymore. But if you want to hand me one, one or two, you know, four at max.
0: <laughs> Five or six. Nah, no, no, nah. no. Seven or eight. She I tap have,
2: out at four. <laughs> no, I'm going to tap out at four. I just need to, I want to be in a place where I don't have to drive. I got you. That's yeah. Smart. See, yeah. see, turning up responsible. I'm entering into that adulthood where you have to start
0: being responsible. I know, I know. You got a job that you got to wake up. To, yeah,
2: like I can't. Like, if my job find out, I got uh, I got a DUI. I'm getting fired.
0: See, that's what I'm talking about. Adulthood. <laughs> yeah. Adulthood. That's what I'm talking about. Aaron, what do you remember about me, Nation?
1: <laughs> um. Okay. So I don't remember when we exactly met but i remember like i had a photo shoot and i invited her friend mark mm-hmm. to model for me okay and then he brought more people than i was expecting inside the studio okay. because so he I, was
0: mark, mark is of of urban culture that's yes. what we call it <laughs> yes. urban, of urban culture and then
1: i was already overwhelmed because i was like so they're gonna be sitting around while i'm setting up for a shoot <laughs> And then she just like fall asleep on the studio floor <laughs> while I'm shooting. Asia is laying on her bed bag, just knocked out. Yeah, on he- the floor. <laughs> Stop. On and the I was floor. like, "This is wild." <laughs> I'm trying to shoot. <laughs> She's sleeping. I was like, "It's cute" because I took a picture of her. And then, I, okay, that was like one of yeah. the moments that yeah. I remember most. I was like, "She's sleeping." Uh-huh. during my whole
0: shoot yeah like like straight up artist style like no no regard for social norms of like let me let none me at actually, all uh, let me sit in the best corner nope, of nope. this whole thing nope. she's like let me right make myself this- at home because art is happening yes and as much as art is happening rest is yes. needed
2: because nine times out of ten the night before, that's that was my true turn up years. My
0: yeah. <laughs> well, turn up my years. My true
2: turn up <laughs> years. Like this is when I had like no shits forgiven. <laughs>
3: yes.
2: I didn't care. Mm-hmm. You know, I still hold my own though. Coming run deep in my blood. Like yeah. a lot of my family members, they they can hold their own. So I can hold my own, even though I'm small, but okay. it's unexpected. Okay, but- now
0: from there, <laughs> just Artistry. When did you guys just talk shop and find out that both of you all are very passionate about creating?
1: I think I was in her dorm room and I saw all the paintings that she was starting. I think the first painting I saw was the Erica Badu painting that she did. Oh, the first one. Yeah, the The first one.
2: Yeah, not the last one, the first one. (laughs) The first, the very
1: first Erica Badu. And I was like, that's so cool because I was like, she's going to Lawrence and I'm like, why didn't you come to CC? Like me trying to get people to go trying to, to recruit. <laughs> college for creative studies with me. Uh-huh. And I'm like, why didn't you come here? It's I don't know if you're trying to like ease her into like being in a world full of creatives this every day. Cause I was like, why are you going here? This is yeah. it. this doesn't seem like a creative environment. <laughs> Not at all. And I think she was going were you going for architecture as well? Yeah, okay. I was
2: going for architecture. Um but I learned very, very quickly that architecture is more with the computers now. Now, granted, at Lawrence Tech they do, they do like have you start off using pencils and markers and color pencils and pastels and all that, all that fun stuff. But after that, after that first year, it's strictly the computer. They don't want to hear
0: nothing artistic at all. Okay. Now, as we talk about nothing artistic, let's talk about artistic journeys. Um when you all were young, like as kids, when when did it come that like I want to express creatively? And let's go Aaron first, because you're in the photography, you're in the graphic design, you're in the mediums that expand beyond the crayons given to say a child. And
3: so I like also draw
0: and when too. did when did it come that it was like, okay, I like this? Like, when did you embrace
1: creativity. Um
0: right, what do you remember most?
1: Okay. When I was a kid, it wasn't more. I was like more into like performing arts okay. as a child? Like uh like what? <laughs> Explain. Like, okay. So, my family I, I'm so grateful for their patience. Me, I used to make them sit through like talent shows that I put together. Oh, so you did, like, I wanted a home to home production? Yes, I wanted to sing, and so I would
0: be like, "You'd be like, hey, everybody, <laughs> sit in the dining room, and then you come from the kitchen and be like, hey. yes,
1: that's exactly <laughs> what would happen." I'll sit them in the living room, and I have my music playing, and then come out the kitchen and then perform for them because singing was like what I wanted to do.
0: Were you were you good, or were they just patronizing you like? I, think
1: I, I don't. My mom would say I can hold a note.
0: Okay, but... that's, that's decent <laughs> for a mom. Your mom was throwing salt on the game. Yeah. But she
1: may have
0: been keeping it real. But, so like,
1: you know, she'd be you like, can hold a note. Yeah, because she, uh, you know, being like
0: the churchgoers.
1: Yeah, yeah, she <laughs> encouraged me to be uh-huh. in like the choir, uh-huh. but, you know, it wasn't was like, anything. Hey, get that back row. Hold and, <laughs> <down>. <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> I would start, and then when I got into acting, I would do like, acting plays or like I'll make them watch the little videos I did with my stuffed animals where I did wow. the multiple voices and I recorded on the recorder.
0: What and then played
1: Wait, the wait, animals.
0: you gotta talk a little bit. this is so funny because me and my sister used to do stuff like this too. It's like just the creativity of kids is like so <laughs> so interesting. Like when I had toys I create like whole universes. Yeah. Like as they say Marvel universes like yeah it's like <laughs> hey my mom's cleaning up in the dining room so it's like okay. The universe has to go to the living room. Mm-hmm. But uh, what were some of these plays? Do you remember anything or characters' names or like the plot? Or are you too embarrassed to share?
1: <laughs> I'm trying to think. Uh, no, because I don't. I don't think I remember those animals' names because it was always interesting because I would set them up and then I'll set up our little camera, mm-hmm. little camera. Cord. <laughs> And then, like, I don't know. I don't think they had, like, names. I'll just make sure I switched up the voice for each animal. <laughs> okay. And, <laughs> so you didn't name all your stuffed animals? And stuff? I mean, I did. Like, because I still got stuffed animals. Like, I
2: still got stuffed animals. That when had. you say name them, like, so my stuffed animals that I have, they already have character names. So. Oh. <laughs>
0: So you just you she just so left the, like factory got, yeah like
2: <laughs> okay. factory. I have Angelica so it was like Winnie the Pooh yeah Angelica uh-huh. I had the yellow
0: Teletubby and then I had Scooby Doo okay so you never got like bootleg uh, stuffed animals like
2: nah. it was just dog
1: no nah. <laughs> okay oh wait I, pupster was one of the names very creative because like <laughs> I always wanted a husky my mom never got me a husky and I guess their substitute was a husky stuffed animal and I okay. was like this it's not Um, (laughs) but his name was Pupster, and I remember that. And I still have Pupster. It's in the closet, baby, buried under a couple boxes. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um.
0: And then, like, these, these, so this was, like, uh, like, Gumby animation or something, like, like, puppet, like, puppet shows. That's what it was. Yes,
1: almost. So more (laughs) so, like,
0: the Muppets. Yes. Nice. Yes. In a but way. But, like, your hands were in it. Were you in the shot?
3: Like no, my master? hands wouldn't be in
1: it. I would legit, like, just do, like, I will pose them mm-hmm. in the frame and then, like, get out of it and then, like, turn the camera.
0: So it was, like, stop motion. Yeah, like almost. Stop motion yeah. animation. <laughs> but you were a child. You didn't know what you
3: were doing. No. How what old you?
1: were you? I, would, I, like, I was, like, I was young. I don't know. What, it's okay. It was whenever, like, 10-ish. True I was creative. I like 10-ish.
3: Mm-hmm. She's it's been in the game and
1: forever. I why the old doing at like ten okay. seems pretty old. Nah, I was still playing animation. with yeah.
2: <laughs> Brad dolls were still a thing in my house until so brats... I, I was
0: thirteen. Oh my so God. okay,
1: All right. I don't even want to talk so about
0: funny. what I did with dolls. <laughs> it's so funny. And you talking about brats? It was uh, it was uh, it was one of the funniest things. One of my <laughs> we were doing a uh, we were doing a uh, a Halloween fashion show. <laughs> and one of the girls came as brats, right? <laughs> and my friend was like, little girl came as Nicki Minaj. <laughs> and it was like, oh, Bratz. <laughs> it was one of the funniest. Shout out more mankind holding down Vegas. Um, uh, so many stories. But, like, the, the creativity there, like, did your parents, like, were they just continuing to encourage, like, did they look at it like, our daughter is a little off? Or did I they think... look at it like, this one, is this is a special kid?
1: Well, it, it was like, these performances would be for my mom. Because my dad, I felt like, one, he didn't live with us. Mm-hmm. So I felt like he kind of, he didn't really care for my creativity mm-hmm. as much. My mom was more supportive of it. Um, my dad
0: was like a man's man. Like, I ain't no time for that. Yeah.
1: No, I, didn't even, I don't think I even attempted, like, beyond, like, mm-hmm. when I had acting classes in high school, would, like, even, like, do anything entertaining to him. Okay. i just go to his house and be there with him and his wife and just be like, mm-hmm. well, I'm here for the weekend, mm. and then I'll go home. <laughs> so mom, that's where
0: moms are cool. Moms yeah. always look out. Moms are so, so supportive of, of a child's ambitions. Yeah. It's like, they go through a whole day of life. And then it's like, Ma, hold on. Let me let me let me play this play for you. And you'd be like, yo, <laughs> real?
1: <laughs> yep. I think, and then like, <laughs> yep, she would just sit there. She would honestly just sit there and take it. And
0: I yeah. That's so dope. I'm trying to That's think. so dope. <laughs> now, now did you like continue to expand on these ideas and like know you were doing something or was it just having fun?
1: I think it was just having fun. And, but I always knew that I wanted to do something artistic, like going through like middle school, I would be like, I also like wrote little short stories in middle school where like, pretend I'm writing a book and then hand out like the stories to the kids and have them pass around the story I just wrote. I read those. They were like pretty decent plot lines, grammatically terrible. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But like pretty decent. Like, like,
0: like, give me, give me some of that plot.
1: I think. I came up with this one in, like, the 6th or 7th grade, and it was called Blind Date. Okay. <laughs> no! I've never been on a date because I'm 6th grade. But, mm-hmm. like, the girl in the story, I guess her friends set her up on, like, a blind date or whatever.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And they, I don't, they were, like, they became, like, really close friends. I don't even know what happened in that story. But another one I came up with in, like, the 8th grade, it was called Faces, and it was about this girl named Valentina. Mm-hmm. And each chapter was told from a different sp- perspective because, like, it was like one of those like it was kind of like a murder mystery book mm, nice. <laughs> or a murder mystery plotline because one of her friends got killed. But it was like, it was, um, what was that? It was. like a suicide Hmm. (laughs) and each chapter would be from a different person or how that person Tarantino film. (laughs) Yeah. And it was like, I was like, Oh, this is really good. And I've been trying to like rewrite that one or rework it Mm -hmm. to make more sense because I was like, this is actually pretty good. Like Valentina's boyfriend, I guess (laughs) was like the cause of her friend dying Hmm. (laughs) or the killer. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, this is actually really good. But I had my friends like read that. I don't even know why I made this, the character Spanish. Maybe because I grew up in Southwest Detroit. Okay. <laughs> and I don't know why. Because <laughs> every character, I was like, I don't know why I'm trying to speak from a Latin person's perspective. Because I have no clue to their life mm-hmm. and how they function. I was like, if I did rework the stories, they would have to be black. Okay. Because <laughs> I have no clue. So i would
0: be <laughs> like Tanisha.
1: Or, I, I kind of reworked names. London is the main character. Okay. Name. And she has a twin brother named Lyndon. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I was trying to figure it Very out. Very creative. Man. Yeah.
0: Very so, creative. So, with this, performing arts carries on. Um, acting, I'm guessing?
1: That's did, what it was? I did. What judge. did
0: you do as an actress?
1: Um, I had, well, acting classes in high school. I did a lot of improv things Mm -hmm.
0: um (laughs) did you do any uh like high school plays or musicals and stuff like that
1: no okay
0: i just left it it,
1: as i'm not getting in front of an actual crowd i was was it stage fright i have i have a stream stage fright so it would be like and it's so bad because i would be committed and i'll know all the lines and i can memorize the lines and i can do great in class but it was just like anytime i was on the stage just Full tremble, shaking of full nervousness. And I do that now, like, when I'm presenting because I do advertising. Mm-hmm. And it's still, like, really bad. Public,
0: public speaking. Public
1: speaking. As
0: they say, that's, that is that is the biggest fear of people.
1: And I don't know why, because I was like, I would do really good. And then mm-hmm. it was just like.
0: And then you clam up like.
1: ah ah,
0: I want to say something, but I can't. Yeah. (laughs) Did did something happen that was like really embarrassing to you or one of your friends when you were a kid and it just stands out in your mind?
1: See, I don't even know because Mm -hmm. they, like, I, like the videos I've seen of Mm -hmm. myself, like doing like church Easter speeches, Mm -hmm. I was like, she was fearless. What happened? Mm -hmm. I don't know what happened because I also used to just, as a child, get in front of the the church and dance. Okay. (laughs) Just like, you know, it's like children breaking out of the few and just dancing. Okay. But I don't know what happened because mm-hmm. now I just get super nervous. Mm. I get, like, nervous giggles. Mm. And I giggle a lot. I giggle okay. a lot.
0: And they, they're not going to take that seriously in a business professional setting.
1: No, they don't. No, but they but But sometimes it wins because they would be like, you have a really nice smile mm-hmm. and you seem relatable.
0: Mm-hmm. And you're not even smiling. You're laughing.
1: That's what a lot of
0: times people think I'm smiling, but I'm laughing at some. I, I, it's no telling. I'm laughing at stuff from years ago. Like I'm gonna call my friend and we're gonna talk about that whole Nicki Minaj thing. While, <laughs> it's, be like a rat's doll reference. <laughs> Speaking of a Bratz doll reference, Asia, you yes. and creativity as a child. What was that like?
2: Oh, there was none there. It was. Oh, it's. Man. I look at it as if like. Um, so. Growing up, since my mom was so young, we lived with my grandparents, well, my grandmother for a while, and um, my aunts and uncles, they were close to my age. Like, my, my youngest uncle, he's only five years, five years older than me. Mm-hmm. So we would always play and interact, but he's really, like, an extremely talented artist, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever, and I would try mm-hmm. and imitate everything that he did, but I was trash.
0: Well, comparable to you had five years younger,
2: but I was still trash. So well, you realize if you if you're
0: <laughs> yeah are eight and he's thirteen, he's yeah. probably like Michelangelo.
2: Yeah, I understand. I understand this. Okay. But um, so since I, been, I'm a lar- a tall person, mm-hmm. um, I was pressured to like do sports. Okay. So like, um, play basketball. Yeah. So yeah. when I was in third grade, I was walking in the mall and then. My basketball coach, my long-term basketball coach, approached me and asked me if I wanted to be on his basketball team. I had no skills or anything. Mm -hmm. So within a year, I was playing basketball Mm full-time. The next year, I did travel basketball, so I had no time for any of that. And from there on, all the way...
0: Did you get good at basketball?
2: Yeah. From then, all the way up until the ninth grade, um, I was playing basketball year-round.
0: Did you like
2: it? Um, I liked it. I, I feel now, I feel like I liked it because other people liked, my
0: family members liked that I was doing it. So it was one of those things where you, your appreciation for it was more so the response of other people.
2: Yeah, because I had no confidence in myself. I had none. It's kind of like,
1: like when I played basketball. N- I none did at all. I my
2: dad. Yeah, like none <laughs> at all. I was a, I still love sports. And I always will. So, when I got to ninth grade, um, I finally told them, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. And I was on a very, like, catty team. Like, girls, they didn't like me. I didn't like them. And then to a point where, like, like... loving
0: basketball. Uh, <laughs> what was that? Like, when she went to Oh, college. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Like, like, she just didn't get along. Like, and these girls, I grew up with these girls. So, like, mm-hmm. I had been playing basketball with them for years.
3: Yeah.
2: And, um... Like I just never got along with them, and then it got to the point where I didn't want to play, and then it it showed when I was playing because I didn't want to be there. So like, I, I didn't would put just the effort in, no, right? I had no effort. Like I just had no. I fell out of love with playing basketball. Mm. Who's
0: so then on it because basketball is my favorite sport and yeah. right now because I'm definitely not watching the NFL. I'm watching more NBA. Yeah. Who's your favorite player coming up?
2: You know, I've been a really big Kawhi Leonard fan, and. I am, like, so hurt of, like, how this whole San Antonio thing went down. Mm -hmm. Because I've always loved the Spurs. I've always thought that they were, like, one of the best organizations ever. Mm -hmm. You know, they they teach the fundamentals. They still play defense. They're a squad. Like, and then they produce a lot of good players. Like, you know, they don't get—they obviously had, like, one of the best big threes ever, Mm -hmm. but— those big threes have fundamental skills that they've acquired over a time being under their wing, the San Antonio wing, okay. and I've always appreciated that. So to see Kawhi Leonard leave for the for the reasons that he's saying, and then the whole team to like have that big riff, it was I was so hurt by it because I just love that that team and I love. That squad, and I was really upset, like when Kawhi Leonard got hurt, because I had in my heart I thought that they were gonna beat Golden State Warriors.
0: You was really tripping.
2: Yes, I was. I was like, I was so upset when he got hurt. Mm -hmm. But anyways, so fast forward when I stopped playing basketball, I got to ninth grade. Now I also had like I have really bad knees and hips. Anybody that knows me knows that I'm always injured. Like I keep a I keep
0: a pair of crutches
2: in my car. Just in case I'm not able to walk.
0: Mm. Do you Um, think that this was uh, like an impact from playing all that basketball at such an early age?
2: I do, but a large part of it um, was how fast I've grown. Um, I grew like six inches within a summer. Hmm. So like when you grow that fast, the muscles and everything around the joints cannot, Mm. they can't support. They can't support what's going on. So, like, my knees have come out of place multiple times. My wow. hip came out of place multiple times. So, I've had those issues, but I... And but this
0: was at an early age. At
2: an early age.
0: So, at yeah. an early age, you may have been in the hospital a lot for this. And what's yeah. that? I, I broke my leg when I, was,
3: uh-huh.
0: when I was in the 10th grade at 15. It was uh-huh. interesting, like, just the whole process. What yeah. was that like in... That was in 10th grade. So, yeah. I'm a little bit older, but I can't imagine what it's like to even be younger and going through being in the hospital, mm-hmm. that whole process, the timing. I mean, hospitals, just for anybody, you know... It's when you go through. Yeah. And especially, like, sleeping in a hospital bed is a mental... The, the mental strength it takes, it just takes a lot. Just... It's something about being in a hospital bed and you're sleeping there.
2: Because you're not at home in your own comfort. Yeah. But even... But before I started playing basketball, um, ninth grade, um, I tried another sport, and I was really good at it. I was good at because when I played basketball, I was the only one that never really got tired. Hmm. So I would run. And, but running on a track is different run, from running on a court. It's not as bad on your harsh yeah. and your knees because you got a comfort in that cushion of that track. So I was running track for two years, um, dislocated my kneecap, and I was done had all these, like, it's weird because I had all these plans based around track. Like, I was going to, I was looking at, okay, which college did I want to go to for running track? Because that's how serious I was about running track. And once I had to stop completely running track, it was, like, one of the most depressing things. Because that's, sports were my life all all the way up until then. Mm -hmm. You know, I liked art. Um, In the sixth grade, I realized, oh, this is something that I like. But it's not something You never
0: put the devotion into it because you were on the
2: court. I was always playing basketball, I was running, all these other things that were just, you know, more important. So once I was once my physical therapist told me you cannot run anymore, that okay, I'm gonna put all my efforts into art. I started taking more art classes, I did um, I did like the art group they had after school. Mm-hmm. I did um, independent study at my school because after so many art classes, my teacher told me that I was beyond what she could give me in those those other classes because art and where I lived, there was like no one cared. Mm-hmm. We had one art teacher, underfunded, like just trash. <laughs> mm-hmm. So she said, "Okay, well, we can do independent study. I can give you some different things to do. You can you can develop." your own projects, and then, I will, and then I will grade them upon the principles and elements of design. And that's what we did. Um, I also got involved in the theater, but I like designing sets, so I designed sets for a while, and then I ran the lighting of the show. Hmm. Um, and then once, like, going, growing up, like, well, developing my own art in high school, I had no idea what I was going to do.
0: Now, now let's <laughs> let's talk a little bit about that. Being an athlete and having that intentionality of an athlete and uh-huh. that work ethic. It seems as though you applied a lot of that into approaching art as well. Uh-huh. Um, so, sometimes in sports, it can become very very, uh, very technical, uh-huh. very competitive competitive, but yeah. just the process, yeah. you know, it's like I'm I'm getting my jumper. Mm-hmm. Like I was just playing a pickup game the mm-hmm. other day was like some kids and they were mm-hmm. like, man, how did you do that? It's so weird. Like people don't even like have mid range shots, but I was taking them because I'm old. But, <laughs> but um, you can get very technical
3: yeah. without,
0: with the lack of like just the true appreciation for it. So were you honoring the, your own appreciation for it every step of the way or was it like let me master this the way i mastered running the mm-hmm. way i was mastering basketball like how are you still putting that balance of like oh this is something that i just appreciate as well
2: that's an interesting question because when i first started doing art it was more so of the technicality things that i was worried mm-hmm. about i had no i had no like creative creative outlook mm-hmm. on how to do things i was just like okay well let me look at this picture and turn it into something mm-hmm. that I can create, let me look at this picture and put it in a piece of paper very much like I, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I wanted to be perfect, I wanted to look like something, and I wanted somebody to be able to recognize I didn't want to do anything creative, I didn't know how to do that, I didn't have any type of creative bone in me um and it just wasn't something that I don't know if it's more so because i didn't I didn't like not saying that you had a creative household because I mean a lot of people don't. I didn't have anyone to have these type of conversations with because it was just basically myself and the whole school yeah. that was doing this independent study thing. So and the teacher, she couldn't really help me be more creative. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was like, Okay, well why don't you why don't you try and think of a concept? But I struggled like mm-hmm. completely. It wasn't until I did like some independent, uh, I mean, I took some classes in Chicago when I was in school, when I was still in high school, and I started learning um, how to draw the figure. I had a completely different outlook on art and how to create art, because we were just using charcoal and some cheap paper, Mm -hmm. but drawing, looking at figures. So after that, I looked at the world as shadows and highlights. Mm. The every every time I look at somebody, I always just look at shadows and highlights. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't look at them. I look at them as forms, not as mm-hmm. human beings. Like as wow. something that is an artistic form that can be created in yeah. in a different way. So
0: so when you talk about the this appreciation and it growing, uh-huh. you also have fanfare from an early age of being an athlete. Like were the people around you starting to embrace? What you were doing artistically, and how did you take that fanfare, as people started embracing, you created? It. You know, it was weird because the the one thing that I think about
2: now is when you say that um, one of one of the girls that um, I played basketball with when I was really young, all the way up until now, I still talk to her. She's cool, you know. I didn't have a problem with her, but her parents, I've known her parents forever, and he was talking to me. He was like, "Wow, I look at your art now and it is amazing because when you were an athlete, you sucked." <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, I was like think about it what my guy, like, why would you say something <laughs> like that to me?" And at the time, I was I was in high school, you know, put a damper on my little my little ego, whatever. You know, I thought I was high stuff because yeah. there was nobody else in the school that liked art. But um but now that I think about it, he was just saying, "Well, now that you actually put all your efforts into something that you truly and you have like a
0: creative vision with it, yeah, well.
2: yeah, like so I mean, to me it's more it's, a it's more of a um a compliment now, but back then I was like, geez, he just he just cut into me so hard for no reason, um, but yeah, I think more people were shocked. They didn't really know that, because I, I had never expressed to people that I liked art. I mean, they might have, because no one really paid attention to the little art booth that they had in the in the school, because they would have, like, a little showcase of other people's artwork. Mm-hmm. No one really paid attention to it, and okay. no one really knew that my stuff was in there all the time.
0: <laughs> now, now, on the flip side, Erin, you being a creative most of your life... yeah. Um, and and embracing this as you grow older. Um visually, uh, we definitely know theatrically. <laughs> so uh so as you grow older and more people tie into what you do and they appreciate it, what was that feeling like for you?
1: Uh, well they kind of I'm trying to think. <laughs> I don't think it felt any different, like. Because, like, when I was younger and I was drawing, I would always show it and make sure everybody got, okay. I got everybody's opinion. Okay, let's
0: even talk Let's <laughs> talk about that, though. But even that, at a young age, getting everybody's opinion. And as people's opinions started going from, oh, I kind of like it, to, like, yo, I really like that. To, like, hey, can uh, can I take this and put it up? Like, how mm-hmm. was that, feel- like, what was that feeling when you received some outside validation for your artistry? As I believe that validation, and the reason I'm, I'm sticking to this question, is one of the toughest things that most artists always uh, struggle with.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And
0: this is all forms of artistry. Yeah. Musicians feel as though they want to be heard by the right audience. Actors want the right stage. Visual artists feel as though they're not appreciated by the best artists, uh, I mean, audiences or galleries mm-hmm. and like... <laughs> That appreciation and validation means a lot to artists. Yeah. So I'm wondering, like, if you got it at an early age, what was that feeling when you got it?
1: My feeling was more so like, okay, this is clearly what I need to be focusing on or what I need to do. So because, you felt as though this yes.
0: was, uh, as Drake would say, God's plan.
1: Yes, this is my, oh my God. God's plan. This is my sole purpose is to be a creative mm-hmm. on this earth. hmm because I was like, well, they like my stuff. That means I need to do something in this field because, like, I mean, can I... I think I, I was always, like, searching for, like, people to appreciate my stuff. And mm-hmm. maybe that's why I kind of went to advertising. <laughs> because you kind of, you get a little bit of appreciation when you create something from, like, the client mm-hmm. liking mm-hmm. what you created or, like, people instantly seeing your idea come into fruition. Mm-hmm. But it was, like, yeah, I don't know. I feel really great. And so, then it was like, I know this is my purpose.
0: So your drive over to advertising went through CCS. Yeah. College for Creative Studies. What led you to attend that school?
1: Um, they came to, they used to come to my high school. What high school? Um, Southfield Lathrop. Mm-hmm. They used to come to my high school. And then I guess like my, te- my art teacher at the time, Ms. Meal's. She, uh, like, kind of pushed me to do. She's like, Erin, you're, like, really creative. She's like, yes, you don't have, like, the super. Because, like, I was creative, but I didn't draw as well as, like, some other people in the class who had, like, super great technical skills. She's like, but you will succeed. It's fine. They're creative there. And then I was like, okay, I'll check it out. But then I also, like, looked at going to the Art Institute, and I did, like, a summer, a week summer course with them. Because Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to go into graphic design. I was going to go into interior design at first. Mm -hmm. And then I did that week class or that week course with them. And I was like, this is definitely not what I want to do. Because, like, I think I was thinking more of interior designing, like, interior decorating.
0: You were thinking HGTV.
1: I was thinking HGTV. And they were like, no, 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 boo. You got to plan out how many plugs go in this room, Mm -hmm. how many light sources, where the window plays. I was like, oh, this is. It's not what I want to do. I just yeah. want to make areas look pretty. Mm-hmm. And this is too much.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and then when I went to CCS, I was like, okay, I'm going to graphic design because it was someone at my church. His name is Ndubisi. He does a lot of murals around Detroit right now. And he was doing graphic design. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. What school do you go to? And then, like, started talking to him. And I was like, okay, I'm going in for graphic design. Going for graphic design. And then I'm talking to the department head, and he's, he seems cool. But then the advertising department head, he grabbed my attention instantly. And I liked his energy, and I'm an energy-driven person. I was like, he seems bubbly and fun. He's like, why go to graphic design? You're going to be working at an ad agency anyway. You might as well be the art director and tell people mm-hmm. like, what goes where and how to execute your idea. This way you can be like almost a jack-of-all-trades. Because you know the different languages to talk to the illustrator that's working on the storyboards, the production team that's doing like mm-hmm. the whole Photoshop and video editing. <laughs> so I was like, that sounds a lot better than me doing all the production. <laughs> so, and,
0: w- with that, CCS, and we're gonna talk a little Lawrence Tech too, mm-hmm. like both very um, focused, very. Um, definitely niche schools in the metro Detroit area uh, have provided a lot of opportunities for many people, but in the in the classic narrative of most things in America, definitely designed and driven for a white male to flourish. Yes. Uh, and yes, black women, you know, being black at CCS, uh, being a woman at CCS, so it's a different field. Now, mm-hmm. There are some, there are some legends that have walked those halls uh, at CCS, like one of my favorite of homies, Jay Rainey. Um, and, but that journey becomes very difficult. Mm-hmm. What was the journey at CCS like for you and just, you know, being present and being so aware that like, wow, you know, you may not see another black person for like two semesters.
1: Yeah. Well, I kind of looked up. My freshman year. Yes, it was like a very limited amount of black people. But my freshman year when I came in, happened to bring in four African-American females, which I am really cool with still now. Yeah. and, and that's, that's we
0: huge for CCS. Yes.
1: Oh, my goodness. We instantly... And wait,
0: wait. Time out. Just for everybody <laughs> watching, CCS is a great school, but in the heart of Detroit that's like 85% black that in like 2000 what what years is this?
1: when that I came when in, in? Yeah. Um, 2012.
0: So in 2012, that four African American women that are into artistry can go to a school that just shows you what's up with America. <laughs> <laughs> this is the-
1: yeah, so we instantly linked up because like we went in like the freshman class, we had like little spats maybe like two or three black people in these other focuses but we were like we're all in advertising and then (laughs) me always trying to make friends i was like yeah this is cool and then start talking to each of them seeing where they were finding out it was like we instantly like created this like little small group and then i knew into bc and he was going Mm -hmm. there and then we started going to like, the club that they had for the black artists on campus, which was BART, which is mm-hmm. Black Artists Research and Trends. Mm-hmm. And there we met his friends, who were a whole bunch of upperclassmen, black males, and they were really cool. And then we met a, a photographer. Her name's Kelsey. And then, like, created this little small network where we all just meet in the community space at CCS and hang out and just, like, express, like, what well, we don't see because there were black students at CCS that did not talk to black people. Yeah. Didn't even acknowledge us. <laughs> they didn't like, know they were black. Like, they <laughs> did. I, I swear <laughs> they did not. <laughs> because I'd be like, you know, you go in, and just be like, hey, or like, mm-hmm. do like, yeah. hey, not walking by. Mm-hmm. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. And like, I was so sad when like NDVC and like that group, they kind of graduated because they were like a couple years older. And then the four girls that I started with, one dropped out our freshman year. And then I was like, oh, no, our group is getting smaller. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then sophomore year, my other friend, she dropped out. So now it's two of us. Mm -hmm. I was like, "Okay, we got to get through this. We got to make it through. And it was just like really like our group was dwindling (laughs) because now it's two of us trying to make it. It was just it was difficult because. Yes, I think like those kids. One, we had like a whole bunch of discussions with like with the white and Asian students. Yeah, about.
0: I mean, and 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 very present in for for so many. So mm-hmm. like those anchors on campus, uh, like Gilda Snowden, that has been pushing for Black artistry and the heightened Black artistry mm-hmm. of Black women. Uh, that's a name that's always like. Hyped up uh, mm-hmm. when we think of this, uh, like you know, that school it it has it provided a lot of opportunities, but it can be very tough. As mm-hmm. culturally, just the black experience is only something that can be understood and interpreted yeah. by someone that has experienced the black experience.
1: Yeah, and then like I think also like with our professors, they would be like wanting us to like be just super black like okay my advertising professor one of them i think it was during like one of our portfolio reviews and he was like i was expecting because you wrote this spot for it to be you know no it was okay no it was the one of okay one of my agent professors (laughs) because he was they were all together like we have review in front of the department chair and like the co-chairs and then he was like i was just expecting it to be a little more you know a little more black, and I was like, "What?" That's funny, and like, cause like, it's like
0: all m- D. Ray stand up, <laughs> <laughs> you like,
1: you know, just like a little more, you know, cause if you're doing this jazzy thing, it should be. I was like, "This is how we talk." I'm so confused on. what don't. What were you expecting to come out? I was expecting
0: your, I was these. expecting your comment to come with a karate chop, brother. <laughs> so you wanted more ebonics.
1: I that's I think. I think that was the case. And I was like, but that didn't make sense for this. Sp- it didn't make sense for the spot that I created. Mm-hmm. I was like, it doesn't... It didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's like the weirdest thing to be told. Are you yeah, by being somebody, black enough? By in somebody
0: this- that uh, white. is not black. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't he think was white. he was black enough. He
1: was, he was my Asian professor. <laughs> oh, he was Asian? Yes.
0: Yeah, that's why I said... He was Asians,
1: they, I've had a lot of... A lot of, like, And I love issues. that professor, by the way, other <laughs> than that comment.
2: <laughs> Not even just issued, a lot of comments from, because some of the coworkers that I work with at my elementary school, and they're Asian, they make these little slick comments, too, about black culture. But they are fascinated with black culture. Mm-hmm.
0: Everybody is. Yes. Even yes. black people. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes you just see something black, and you would be like, yo, that's so black. <laughs> I love it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, the, the way great. people talk, the way people walk. We're the greatest the people, species ever. Yeah. It was it was a kid. I took a picture of him. Uh my friend had a backpack giveaway today. And the kids were talking about whose backpack was better, but the way they even talked about it. It's like, man, my my backpack, my backpack's so cool because it's Black Panther. Like, I'm going to have to put it up today because, you know, people going to be trying to steal my backpack. It's like, <laughs> no, nah, they're going to be trying. And it's just like, yo, man, yeah. this is like so interesting. Like, this is like, they have to be all of five years old. Like, like, their interpretation of breaking down the backpack that was given away, and it's like, and it captured, enamored, like, everything of their existence in the, the the nature of it. And I know in it they're mimicking, like, discussions and mm-hmm. conversations that they've seen over the years from other people. But it's just like, wow, this is crazy. This is going to be the same discussion that they have, you know, 30 years from now when they probably talk about some other material good. But interesting in black black culture. Yeah. Lawrence Tech. Same thing, a, a, a different feel, way more technical. Um, what was that like?
2: Oh my gosh I remember I remember orientation vividly. I looked around and I began to try and count how many black people, including myself, I stopped at six hmm. I stopped at six six people, my incoming class, and then um two of us three no three of us were females and that's that's it. Um, it that school is odd in itself because for one it's it's in Southfield,
3: mm-hmm.
2: which is dominated by black people. yet there was only six black people in my class and then both of the girls that were black, in my class they didn't know that they were black and that was also
0: alarming to me part of, they were a part of another but see that's the other thing too because black is as much as it's a skin color it's also like culture yeah like sometimes you'll meet a person that's white but they're culturally black it'll throw you off you yeah and you're like
2: maybe like tommy from power like what
0: <laughs> yeah it'll be sort of like that
1: or just, <laughs> that middle school. And then then you meet people that are
0: black, but they're like culturally white because they grew up wherever they grew up. And then they're like, no, bro, we're playing lacrosse, bro. And it's like, damn, you know how to play lacrosse? (laughs) Right? It's odd.
2: So I had that. So, you know, the school population of Lawrence Tech, if anyone doesn't know, it's about 70% male, 30% female. Mm -hmm. So already then like we talked about before, how like women are looked at as property. you getting pounced on like by these men because they don't see no men. And then especially from the black, the small black community at Lawrence Tech, you're a black female, a lone black female. So you got that, and then you have the, the fact that that school is super expensive, like outrageously expensive, and that school... On paper, it looks like it tries, but it really doesn't. It doesn't try to help to to keep that, to retain that small black community that it has. Uh,
0: do you do you think that it's wh- what could be done to, um, I guess, to ease that transition for that student that's about to enroll today?
2: Well. They, they're grabbing, they're going to, um, to the DPS schools and they're promoting their school there. They want, they want their numbers for, for black students to go up. So they're going there and this, they, they're coming to us because I was the vice president of three organizations there. The Black Student Alliance, National Society of Black Engineers, and then um, a community service mm-hmm. organization. So they will come to us asking us, okay, what can we do and I said, well, you need to have these kids prepared because they're dropping out because they feel insufficient to be here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I was... When I was there, I hosted a study night with Marissa and Chris, um, our other friend. And we would be there, and, you know, I'm helping out other people's homework, <laughs> doing, helping them do their homework, and I'm not even getting my, own, my homework done. Mm. You know, I felt more more prepared being there, but the... The caseload they give you there is not it's not something that's healthy. Like my teacher he told me like sleep is overrated and I'm just like, wow
1: that has to be the same first. Yes, says, like so many nights not sleeping Like you're not just- sleeping,
2: not eating <laughs> yes um, some people their hygiene wasn't correct you know me personally I would leave and go and take a shower Make come back. Sure. Make sure <laughs> you if got it's in it's a 70% the
0: shower. guy, that's almost like jail. So yeah, yeah I can imagine like, hygiene is like, Like,
2: yeah. oh. Hi- like people are literally and sleeping. i seen a woman
0: today when I was truck driving. Yeah, truck drivers, hey. Yeah. It's real.
2: Like they would sleep <laughs> in real. the studio, not go. Like I remember one time it was, we were having um, crit and, because it was our finals. And you know, finals in the artistic world, they're not just tests. They're not tests at all. You have to make projects. Mm-hmm. You got three projects due all in the same week. How are you sleeping? <laughs> like for months, you're not, you're, you're not doing anything but sleeping. So like I'm drinking like Red Bull, Monsters, like constantly just to function.
1: Like, better. I feel like a crackhead. You are better than me because I just suffered because I was like, I don't like energy drinks. So I yeah. literally would just be fighting myself. And then you have kids at CCS offering you Adderall. And you're just like, yeah. no. The I'm drug consumption good. at Lawrence Tech yes. was
2: huge. <laughs> For one, Lawrence Tech didn't have any options of anything to really do. Even mm-hmm. though it was so close to Detroit, we didn't have like no way to get there. So we didn't have nothing to do. So then, you got a large percentage of people, and I saw I saw people doing lines of Molly, like right in my face, and they're off, and I'm like, no, nah, I'm good on that. Mm-hmm. I'm really good on that. But a lot of people, they did drugs when I was there to help them stay up. Mm-hmm. They would sell their own prescription drugs, like their own um, mental illness drugs, so that people can stay up for hours or days. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's strange to me how. They're awarded for being such a great school, but the, men- the the mental stability of like most of the students at like art schools like CCS or like Lawrence Tech and engineering school and architecture school, is mm-hmm. terrible. Is.
0: Now, now this this pressure kind of comes with uh, with both with uh, as they say sometimes the burden, and mm-hmm. it's good that you're you're offering some insight to both stories and both perspectives, uh, which leads. To today, you all are coming together to launch a real special podcast. As it's so many podcasts now with Detroit is different, and Detroit is different after <laughs> dark. But I really just want to connect with people that are passionate about something.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And originally, I thought this would include a, another friend that I see being a guest on you guys' show eventually, Sydney Camp.
2: Oh, yeah. But now She's awesome. it's
0: fitting because I, I love the passion of visual artists. So, I'm very interested in seeing how this will come together. Where is the artistry from both of you all today after you've seen like such I guess strenuous efforts into creating. Whereas now when you all walk into creating in your own space, your podcast will be about the health, it'll mm-hmm. be about the thought process. It'll be about the 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 personal life, the family mm. life, like the, the the what you're talking about, like the the quality of life of artists, along with being creative itself.
2: As an artist, <clears throat> a lot of successful artists, it's a give and take. Like I'm like you are taking every time I make a piece and you take it. Or I make a piece for the world to see. I'm giving a piece of my life or a piece yeah. of who I am to other to other people to come and comment on something that I made from like the depths of my soul, yep. <laughs> and and it's so important to me. And when people have their own opinions and it's ne- it may be negative, it can take a little piece of that person and just destroy them. Yeah, and people don't realize that we're giving a little uh, insight of our lives every time we create, and that affects us daily.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And it can get to the point where that's where a lot of, a lot of artists that I've known, either they deal with mental illness or they or they have in the past. Mm-hmm. And it's about being aware. Like I saw this this status on Instagram before, and it was talking about, um, People ask so much from artists, but they never think about like what's going on with their own personal lives because they might be going through distress, yeah. but you're asking so much from them.
0: And I actually uh, a got a songwriter told me once, the best times to write a song is when you're stressed the hell out mm-hmm. or when you feel as though you are fully in new love.
3: Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. way
0: easier to get stressed out. And to fall in love again. Mm-hmm. So, like just the, the hierarchy of of like this roller coaster of what you're experiencing and going through, as they say, the, the battle of the creative genius.
2: Yeah. It's like a an up and down thing. Like I feel like I've written some of my best poetry when I was in my darkest times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But with that, again, even when I was in my darkest time writing, having this creative outlet, it didn't necessarily make it any better. I mean, to have this great content, right? Like, people, people like it. They love it. They think it's awesome. But it didn't really make me feel any better. It just, at the moment, it helped me take my mind somewhere, not completely off of it because I'm writing about how mm-hmm. I'm feeling, but it was just like, you know, like a little cover-up. Like, just shielding me from, you know, I don't know, making dumb decisions while I'm super upset, but I'm still going to be upset after I write it.
0: So, so, for this, Aaron, as you get into discussions like that, what is this podcast going to be for you? As you explore this, what is
1: it going to be for you? I think this podcast would be, like, just another creative feel for me to pick up, Honestly. Um, but it will be like more so me connecting with more creatives because I like to be like, I like to use other people like almost as a muse. Like when I meet people and they're like so interesting, I'd be like, they're a muse for something. Like, I don't know what yet, but I'd be like, I need to pick their brain some more. I need to see like their creative process and get to know what they're doing as a person, how they're creating, because... I mean, advertising's not like a super creative field, honestly, because you're doing what the client wants and how the client wants this to look and what would do well in this market. It's too many restrictions. So, like being, it, the podcast would be putting me in more creative spaces where I can release my mind from <laughs> doing templated kind of <laughs> creations. <laughs> I think that would be. So, you're telling me when
2: we met, you were thinking what you could use me for?
1: Girl, not. Hilarious. Okay, you're right. No. Right, that's how it came out. (laughs) So, let's backtrack. No, that's not what I was thinking at all, Asia. I think when I met you, like, because at that time, I mean, I met you in the middle of me being at CCS. Mm -hmm. Honestly, my only focus at CCS was to get projects done. I wasn't even like (laughs) thinking of, like, connecting with other creatives and just like having girlies because like it would just be so Mm -hmm. that's cool
0: (laughs) so with that the audience has a feel you all will definitely know this was a great discussion Good energy from both of these people i've been back and forth talking to asia a little bit more and more i gotta get her a mural supposed to be a client to get a mural they hopped on top of the mural project but i'll be working more with asia now I'll be working more with Aaron. I like both their energies. It's like, I'm like you, Erin. I'm an energy person. Energy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the good chi. Yeah. <laughs> but we're winding down on this interview, and we're going to get the classic Detroit is different questions for you both. First, very first car. Year, make, and model. And what year did you get? it?
1: Okay. I guess I'll go first. First car was... In 2015, okay, because my dad has a lot of broken promises to me regarding cars. Here we so go. if he ever listens to this, just know he ain't follow up. Um, but it's a 2008 Impala. Okay. okay. I still have I it. I like that.
0: I like <laughs> that eight. I like the eight body. What color?
1: Um, it's like a slate gray, I guess. Okay.
0: Did you, what did you name it?
1: Um, Okay, his name is Ron Rico. I named him. Ron Rico. I named him after Ron Rico Lee, um, the actor. (laughs) He was in uh, Sister, Sister. He was Tia's Mm. boyfriend. Tyrese. Oh, the
2: fine one.
1: Yes. So Ron Rico Lee because I still like kind of watch the show. Was that the one that? Uh,
0: okay, okay. He right. was the grown Bud guy. Was the okay one was like stupid and, like trying to get his GD. The dark skin. That was, that, that was that's, him. That's Ron. That's, that's Ron okay, Rico okay, Lee, yeah.
1: the actor. He was
0: the guy. Yeah, yeah. He was the grown guy.
1: He it's so Tyrese. funny
0: like on Fuse a couple of times I was like uh-huh. watching uh the sister sister reruns come on oh. Fuse every uh-huh. time I had to cut my uh cut my extended cable but it's so funny because uh, the guy that plays. The villain Nigel and Tupac uh in the in the Tupac All Eyes on Me movie. Mm-hmm. This is how funny life goes. I was like, damn, that looked like Nigel from the All Eyes on Me movie. I was like, that is Nigel from the All Eyes on <laughs> Me. Movie. I was like, damn, he married to uh Tamara or whichever. Yeah. I don't Tia. One of them. Yeah. Yes, Tia. Yep. It was interesting. Yeah. It was a it was like a fake gangster episode. He's
2: also on <laughs> that LeBron James show that they had yeah. on what was that? Showtime? Yeah. Survivor's, remorse. Survivor's yeah. remorse.
1: I watched that and I was like, yes, <laughs> this is more affirmations of why my car should be Ron Rico Lee. Because he also had Nigel. <laughs> He also had um another show on BET. I think uh it was like about marriages. I can't think mm. of it. But it was like I, I don't know. He hasn't aged. And I was like, I don't know, Ron Rico Ron Rico is such a <laughs> unique name. It and it's is. like spelled what, R-O-N-R-E-A-C-O is how you spell his first name. Oh, his first name is that's, Ron Rico. His name is, his first name is Ron Rico. Wow. His last name is Lee. And I was you like. Well, that's his Hollywood name. Is it? It's probably
0: like, his I, real name is like Ulysses.
1: <laughs> you know what? Eucalyptus. This <laughs> when you just Google people.
0: <laughs> where's the, where's the first place you went in Ron Rico? <laughs> or with Ron Rico? I don't know.
1: First, first place, place. Uh, literally the school. Okay. Um, I was working at the time, working at Starbucks, and then going to CCS. Okay. Okay. <laughs> at Starbucks opening, four thirty in the morning, to so driving mm. downtown. I, how was
0: uh, you like your <laughs> Starbucks job? Are you mad that you didn't get a, a whole day, uh, a whole day paid for uh, for Black cultural sensitivity? Yes. I feel you. I was I
1: very you. upset. Because
0: yeah, you could have got like I, like hundred and fifty dollars oh, just for yeah. sitting around. Oh my and goodness! Having people I talk to you
1: about cultural sensitivity. Yeah, I. Oh my god! Now that I think about when I was working at Starbucks, because I was working at the Tro- the Troy location, oh. one of the Troy locations, and like. Yeah,
0: it's like it's multiple in Troy.
1: I know, I know, <laughs> but like Maple and Crooks is where I worked. Oh, I.
0: I, I, <laughs> I went to Wash. I'm very familiar
3: with that. <laughs> and
1: Starbucks. oh my god, those customers! I don't know. I remember one experience with one of the customers. I'm so sorry to go off on this. <laughs> the lady, she was like, Look, Erin, I got a tan. I'm almost as dark as you. Ooh. And I was like, I'm not even that much, I'm not that dark. I'm not that dark of a person. <laughs> but like, I just looked at her and then I walked away because I was like, I'm not doing this today. And like, most of the customers that I encounter, I just walk away because like anything I would be like, anytime I felt like my anger rising, I'd be like, you know, they're not gonna get that out of me. <laughs> And then I had this. An old
0: Somerset crowd.
1: Yeah, and then okay, <laughs> I think it was like the, payroll,
0: y- payroll, like Somerset, hmm? you know, black experience in that neighborhood. Yeah,
1: and then I had <laughs>
0: cash dial as well. Peasy.
1: <laughs> Why are you making that face? You, your eyes got real wide. <laughs> and then I had another experience. So I was wearing like this Black Lives Matter sticker on mm-hmm. my Starbucks uniform. Mm-hmm. And this man, he pulls up to the window. He had a big order, too. Like, Mm. we just made it. I'm about to hand it to him out the window. He sees the sticker. And then, like, before he, like, fully sees the sticker, he's like, I'm sorry. It took so long to come up to the window. And then his little kids in the back, they was like, hi. And then, like, he pulls off and was like, I can't buy here. And then he pulls off. And then he parks. And then he comes inside the coffee shop. And he's going off on me and yelling at me. And he's like, what did he say? he's like, you guys let her wear this Black Lives Matter stuff. What about blue lies? What about this? And he goes on this whole rant of how all lives matter. And then, the, like, it was just, like, funny because my manager came up. and She was like, yeah, we let her wear that. Why wouldn't we? And she was like, have you not been watching the news, sir? Or, like, watching what's going on in the world? He was like, what about those cops? And he just kept going. You and you then will
0: not be watching the Jay-Z documentary.
1: No, (laughs) he won't. And it was, like, so upsetting for me that day because I'm I'm not a very angry person, like, having, like, I was like, I'm not going to yell at this man. It just upset me to the point, like, I, like, got mad and cried. (laughs) And I didn't want to give him that because I was like, dang, I really wanted to go off on him. But I was like, I try to, like, keep (laughs) my composure in front of this very white crowd of people and not go off on people when they should have. I should have gone off mm, on that man. Mm, mm, mm. And then, because, like, I think I also cried because I was like, the innocence of those little babies that were in his backseat are now going to be affected by this man because yeah. this is his view. As <laughs> they say, the apple does not
0: fall far from the tree. Yes. So in about 30 years, they'll be yelling at your kids.
1: Yes, and that's why, And I think that's what more like upset me the most because I was just like, but the babies man. are going to get this. Oh, my somewhere. God.
0: They start somewhere.
1: <laughs> they Ew. They start
0: somewhere. It's still people in the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> they were born. You see them
2: little babies in the in the capes. That's what that really yeah. gets me. They got full stuff doing this, and I'm like, what? Hey. Doing hey. the salute as long as that thing.
0: Was that last year that thing in Virginia? Mm-hmm. There'll be, more mm-hmm. oh, yeah. there'll there'll be more of that going on. Oh yeah, never stops. More of that going on, you know. So, same thing for you. Your very first car, year, make, model. When'd you get
2: it? Yep. Okay. So. Very first car I was when I had to drop out of Lawrence Tech so that I could drive to a job, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a Chrysler 200. Uh, okay. I think it was a 2014. Okay, cashy. it was the sport, the sport model. Okay, super You were yeah. almost <laughs>
0: stunting out here.
2: I it was, was like bird man. Yeah, it had little, it had little bucket seats inside too. But that that came standard, like I that. She had heated seats. I Bird did. Man. I did have heated have seats. Heated seats in and, the a, and a heated heated steering wheel. Oh too. my
1: god! So you had leather seats in this?
2: No, <laughs> they were leatherettes. It was a leather mixed with like with uh with fabric. Oh. Okay, but say, it, it was pleather. No, a leatherette is like when it's part. It patches yeah. like parts of
0: it. Yeah. Okay.
2: But I love that car. Like, what uh, uh?
0: What did you name it?
2: You know, I didn't name it. My friends did from Lawrence Tech. They called it the Buttmobile. Huh. Because but. they call it the butt-mobile, not for, not for <laughs> sexual reasons, y'all. Asia was out here
1: getting booty and the butt-mobile and, her um, and put there's her There's nothing outfit.
2: wrong, first of all, let's, let's clarify. I said there's nothing wrong with a little ass in the car. Let's, let's get that. But <laughs> right. it was called the butt-mobile. Young people,
0: that's the young people,
3: actually.
2: Nah, judging from the way y'all be talking on Searching for Claire, I know it's not just young folks. Yeah, it's but not... we
0: we speaking about yesteryear. <laughs> well, get, these are get these yourself are for good bed, good,
3: good <laughs> postoperative.
2: Well, we got we have young bodies now. Yeah. <laughs> we can we can endure the pain the next day of being cramped up in the car. It ain't it ain't the good pain, the good angles. <laughs> <laughs> <There> you go. <sighs> You got to be creative in the little small cars.
0: The good good ticket from the long arm of the law. Talk about what you don't want to go to court for.
2: Oh, yeah. You don't want to go to court for that because you will end up on that list. You end up
0: on that list and also you'll be very embarrassed in court.
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I can only imagine a flashlight aiming on my ass. Yes, exactly. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I had that Chrysler 200. It was blue. It was called the butt mobile because um, it had the knob to shift between gears and not like the, um, what is that? What do you call that? When you're shifting between gears, what's that little thing gear called? Shift? Yeah, okay, the gear shift. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a knob, so my friends thought that was so odd. It was like just a butt mobile. Okay. It's booty, it's ass. I'm like, okay. What? I liked my, They liked my car, but they just continuously called it the butt mobile.
0: Yeah, so whoever engineered that was, like, trying to go beyond the ground. They didn't want to give you the gear shift. No, it was a knob. They wanted to make it new school. Yes. Okay, where was the very first place you went when you got the ride?
2: The very first place I went was home. Hmm, (laughs) Yes, unbeknownst to me because I got it. um, I had to help with the payments because my my mother, when I was younger, she said that I was not allowed to have a car because I didn't have a job. So then I asked for a job. She said, well, your job is school. I said, okay. <laughs> uh, so I helped pay with the payments, but I was not aware of how many miles I was able to have. Mm-hmm. And this fool who got the, the lease signed up for 10,000 miles a year. Mm. Who the hell can drive around in a car with only 10,000 miles a year for three years?
0: It's called, it's called keeping it close to
2: home. Well, I worked in Ann Arbor, so there was no type of keeping it close to home then. Mm. But I rode that sucker all, the way, all over the place. Oh, my gosh. I went over you my...
0: You that into a new vehicle.
2: Yes. Uh, the first, I went to Muskegon. I went on that little camping trip. That was fun.
1: Okay. Oh, you take it your car that only got 30...
2: I only <laughs> drove, drove an eight-hour trip that only had 10,000 miles.
0: You you put like a took a month out the game, took a whole year out the
2: game on one trip. Yeah, Yeah, it's crazy, but it was fun.
0: So, um, (laughs) very next question: You are the DJ at the Detroit fireworks at Woodward in Jefferson. Mm. You get to play three songs. The fireworks are over. What three songs are you playing, Asia?
2: Oh, geez. Okay, so.
1: See, I don't play, like, a lot of upbeat music. I play it, a lot it's of... It's
0: up to you. You're you know, the DJ.
1: But the fireworks are over, so you can play oh, more
2: yeah. chill music. Yeah, I can. You play whatever you want. I it. can.
1: It's your... It's,
0: okay, it's you okay.
2: I'm playing Maxwell something something. Okay, okay.
0: Okay. then in your romantic back.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's a real sexy uh song. And then um, I'm also playing... um. Oldest rettening. Uh oh shit. Not not sitting on the dock of the bay. Try a little tenderness or something. Yeah, yeah. That's that's okay. always my favorite. Oh, And sorry, then anything with Uncle Charlie. I mean, my god, uh, anything. Anything with any, Uncle any, Charlie. Going back to the gap band. I love gap band. Anything Uh-oh. I love gap I mean, band.
0: Charlie. Yeah. We're gonna go we gonna go um, Let's see. What would I play? I remember. You we the, go outstanding.
2: Yeah, you go I, was, I was about to say because I remember the first the first time I met met you outside uh, the Foundation Hotel. We was uh, going to that taco place. Outstanding was on the car. Was in the that car. Awesome. You know, I was I was listening to you, but in my head I was singing a song. I don't blame you. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah. Any no anything. Person. Gap Band. Uncle Charlie. That's
0: that's that's what my lane is. Charlie, last name Wilson. Shout out mm-hmm. my man LG, touring with Charlie Wilson now. Oh, my I don't God. I why I have not gotten him back on the Detroit is different effect. That is my homie. For years, he was holding down 313. But right now, he's been on the road with Charlie for like two years now. I just saw him with his anniversary pictures up. Love you, LG. And we got to get back in effect. So
2: I have one question. Yes. So, is Charlie Wilson... Touring completely with, with R. Kelly, like, or is that just one stop that he had here? <laughs> because I wanted to go to that concert, and just, but, like, morally, but I'm not. I cannot. You, you, yeah, R. Kelly. Yeah, I'm not nah. Kelly. I no. can't get down to R. Kelly. <laughs> no, and I'm no. not listening to R. Kelly. Nasty bastard. But I really wanted to go to that to that concert.
0: I feel you. Uh, yeah, Charlie's been on the road, but not less because R. Kelly's been pulled from a lot of dates. So he's yeah, been on a lot of independent shows. Uh, Charlie, I, I know what he's doing because I follow LG on Instagram and mm-hmm. Facebook. That's my homie. Yep. So they were in South Africa not too long oh, ago doing some, doing some stuff. Uh, they did the uh, Cincinnati Jazz Fest, which is almost like really just like a black music fest. Yeah. That would have been two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And it's like some type of cruise coming up or whatever. I need to catch up with LG. Mm-hmm. But now that I know that you are a fan, and next time he is in town with our R. Kelly... I will holler at the homie LG and we will make it happen. Yes. My mama loved LG singing. So yes. we uh we keep it moving. That's my home. Nice. My homie. He's LG's like one of my favorite singers. Ever. Great energy too. So same question for you. Aaron. Okay,
1: so <laughs> I know I got had like plenty of time to think, uh-huh. but in my head, it was so many songs playing <laughs> uh-huh. that I'm like really confused <laughs> which song. Oh, my God. I, I can't think. Really? I mean,
2: really? We was listening to some good songs in the car right here. Know,
1: cause I know. Because I... You was mean, playing like some bangers. She was, she
2: you was playing play N.E.R.D. It. I mean, come on now. I Amazing. Like, I know. You got to pick.
3: It, oh,
0: it, my God. It, this song can change. I mean, it's, it's,
1: it's your vibe today. I mean. All right, Skip. I play Killjoy from N.E.R.D. Okay. <laughs> because I'm here for it. Because that was... Like, the first song when she got in the car. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, this.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> I think another song I would play is. Stop staring at me. Stop thinking. I would play, I think I would play Hold Up Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> okay. Because that also plays in my head a lot. Or like Rigor Mortis. Ooh. Because <laughs> that also, <laughs> but I was like, they don't, I don't think they want to listen to that. And, Who um, When. J Rock, because okay. that is constantly, <laughs> anytime I get super excited, you put on Win, and then you get, even more excited. Okay. <laughs> it's like a very... So there we go.
0: And the very <laughs> last question comes to you. If you could rename Detroit, uh, not rename Detroit, if you could rename Woodward after one trader who would it be and why?
2: She's gonna go with Big Sean for the win.
3: <laughs> going for the Big
0: Sean for the win? Who <laughs> are you naming, Erin?
1: Oh, no. No, you... no,
2: no. I was just joking.
1: I no, said you, she should... was. I was it's saying. just. You know, you think of yours and yeah. then we'll come back to me. <laughs>
2: Um. Okay.
0: Let's see. Let's see. Big Sean
2: actually got a couple votes already. Really? Nice. That's nice. Like me, personally, I, I'm trying to think of what I'm going to go with uh, Stevie Wonder.
0: Okay. He has some votes, too. Good my, brother, Stevie.
2: My grandfather used to play with Stevie Wonder. Wow, that's dope. That is.
0: The Black Pool of Genius.
1: Yes.
0: Donnie Hathaway. Your turn.
1: Oh. <laughs> and then it came back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. All right. Because I'm in the diva mode.
0: <laughs> Ooh, <it's> nice. Diana.
1: <laughs> yes. Because
2: okay. we're in the full that's the diva first
1: mode. Diana.
0: You're the first person to vote her. I'm going to go with Diana she's Ross. Definitely diva.
1: Because, you know, she's Diana Ross. Yeah. <laughs> I've been feeling big hair. Yes. <laughs> and I think it'll just be perfect. You'll just be like, going down
0: Diana Ross. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, I don't know if y'all want to shout out y'all IG or just let the people wait for the podcast to drop. Um,
1: they can wait until the
0: podcast drop. No, I'm
1: definitely no. shouting myself out.
0: You can check me out at
2: Asia Charade. That's A-S-I-A period S-H-A-R-A-E
0: on Instagram. And you'll see some cool photos <laughs> where Asia's looking... Smart, yes, sexy, yep, intelligent, and creative from Aaron. All from Aaron, oh my, and, and, and most Asia, mostly anything. Asia, you know, it's the right Asia because I like most of her posts. If I see it, but Detroit is <laughs> he
2: said most, like, not all, most,
0: Yeah. because you know, sometimes it doesn't come through the timeline, yeah, That's I why know I say most. that it's little algorithm, because, yeah, it's not because I'm hating,
2: even that hateration, as Mary J. No. would
0: say.
3: No, I'm not. <laughs> it's, just, it's just, it is the system, the man. Yep.
0: And you will find Aaron's. Are you going to share or are you just going to hold off?
1: Okay. Well, I mean, you can find me through Asia. <laughs> Asia's Instagram. Yes. But um, mine is Aaron Jess Alex. So E R I N J U S A mm-hmm. L E X. And I mean, I post. My photos and, stuff. and yes, stuff. Yes. And stuff because, like, you know, you don't post like your craziness, you put in the story.
3: Oh, yeah. So if yeah, you yeah, want yeah, more yeah.
1: personality driven posts, you will have to Personal. watch. <laughs> you will have to watch, like. You have, you have
2: 24 story. hours to see
0: Aaron and,
2: and the debauchery that Aaron we got done doing last night. Aaron
1: pull out
0: the, uh, the, the, the puppets of today and, and have them act out this script.
2: Until okay. four in the morning, you oh guys have time to watch what we did last night. <laughs> True,
1: they do. <laughs> okay, also, Like, yeah, oh my God. I do have something. Like, okay, I do. Like, now I do still talk with stuff. With. Like, Snapchat. I know this is random, but Snapchat, like, I have a, like, a rainbow sock monkey.
0: let <laughs> do this. This needs to be on Detroit's different content. We already have some extra content. For unicorns are real. We need to, yes. we need to build some <laughs> characters of, yeah. uh, please, 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 I'm about to be buying some stuffed animals for you guys. <laughs> and, uh, we can make characters of these.
1: Oh, yes, my Yes, and gosh. Han Solo has gotten famous because I also did, like, a whole bunch of shorts at CCS with the Rainbow Sock oh. Monkey Falling Off themes. talk. Well, I Snapchat. Snapchat, yes. he talks on mm-hmm. Snapchat. Mm-hmm. I talk in a very soft-spoken British accent. Okay. And, oh, my God, he just does a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> like, he goes a lot of places. Don't do that. Don't do that. I Look, saw her trying face. trying
0: make you seem crazy.
1: Yeah, Like, I don't even know if it was crazy, but <laughs> what was that? Nothing. Uh-uh, you looked at the camera. Nothing. Grr. Hey,
3: I'm
2: Sound like you. him. girl.
3: I'm all for it. I'm all for it.
2: She continuously right. sounds like him. She never puts the L in girl. Grr. Girl. I, I'm with it. I'm I feel like it. Kim needs to know this.
0: I'm with it. I'm with <laughs> okay, it. We it. We will We will expand as you can see the creativity and the giggles of some of the nervousness, the friendship, the oh laughter, the artistry. This is going to be fun. Yes. Unicorns are real. It's coming. Trey <laughs> is different, supports this movement. AJ and Aaron, thank you both. Thank, thank you. you.
1: Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city.